Joshua 24, verse 14. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable for you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. I want you to read that with me. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it for us to forsake the Lord and serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents out of Egypt from that land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us from our, on our entire journey and among all the nations of which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites, who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because He is our God. Father, we thank and praise You for what You're going to do and what You did in the first service. We pray and ask that You would move with great power. Lord, give us living understanding. Release all that's in Your heart, God, today. May we be forever changed. We've not come, Lord, for some intellectual exercise. We've come to receive a download from heaven, to receive impartation of truth that, that would bring transformation, an impartation even of revelation that would bring revolution in our lives, in our families, in our community. God, even in our state, in our nation, God, do what you want to do, say what you want to say, and move the way you want to move. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Woo! Wow! What a great God. You know, as we, as we teach and preach this to you this morning, it's evident that that is what God has been highlighting actually in the church sovereignly by the Spirit of God. I'm so blessed to have my brothers here and to have my mama here and celebrating her 80th birthday. So blessed to hear, although sad but glorious, the testimony of the Duke family and the dedicating of, of a child. And to, to see families coming into the church and to have this final message here in Joshua 24 where Joshua says those famous words, but as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. That is something I've been saying over my house since I, since I got one, which is basically when I got saved. And I remember, and some of you might recall if you've been here a while, we went through uh, quite a flood, my mom and I, years ago in Hana, Hawaii. And as we woke up that next morning, I mean a flood, like cars were washed out into the ocean, people died, houses were removed, streets became rivers. And there was a river going through our front, uh, the front lawn of the house. And when we got up in the morning, the sun was out and the, and the rains were over, but the decimation was vast. And the testimonies of... Uh, that came were amazing, but there were some rocks in the yard, and uh, my mother picked up one and wrote on it Joshua 24, verse 15, which is this text, but as for me and my house will serve the Lord, that rock has moved from her house from when I was in my 20s, and it's gone to every house I've ever lived in, and it's at my front of my doorstep today. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I want to talk to you and preach to you a message about making right choices. This text is profound in many, many levels. 
But what's amazing to me is the fact that God has given us the ability to make a choice. You're not a robot. You don't live in a vacuum. You have the freedom to make a choice. The theologians call it the glory of men. And when, when you look at, at Scripture, you see that that choice was given man, made in God's image and likeness, right in the Garden of Eden, that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Every other tree, they could do whatever they want, but this one they couldn't eat from the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. They had a choice. They had to choose to, to obey God. But they failed. And in their failure, even though free will remained, they were removed from the garden and covenant relationship was broken with God. And the whole sacrificial system throughout the Old Testament, pointing all the way to the New Testament fulfillment of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, is fulfilled in Him. All of this you see man as a free will. You can choose to serve God. You can choose to disobey Him. You can choose to live for God or you can serve the devil and hell if you want to. It's up to you. Make the right choice. Say it. Make the right choice. And we have a, a, a class, for lack of a better word, of a system of bringing people into healing and greater discipleship and freedom. It's called the encounter. Men's encounter, women's encounter. We do one or two a year, kind of depends. And it's part of the process of leadership. In the men's encounter and the women's encounter, we have one of these lessons that we do. And I a quote uh, from what I'm about to quote now. It's this work of Dr. Wilder Penfield. And, and we do have notes. Did you all get notes? All right, good. You fill those in and go preach it to somebody else. If you don't have notes, would you lift your hand? They'll bring that to you. We painstakingly prepared them for you. Well, it's not that hard, really. But we did it so that you would grow in the things of God. So fill these notes in. Dr. Wilder Penfield was a neurologist uh, in Canada. And he did uh, local anesthetic on 1,163 epileptic patients. Removed the top of their, their, their head and touched. So while they're awake, local anesthetic. So they're, they're alert. Kind of gruesome. And then took electrodes that touched different parts of the brain to see if they could find out where the short circuit was creating the epilepsy. And in doing that, he discovered a, a, a really a, a remarkable thing. That in touching the brain, that there was no place found for where people believe. There's no place found where, where there's a place of faith. There's no place found where people, can, where people choose to believe. So he would touch one lady, specifically touched a part of her brain, and she had a memory of sitting before her, standing before her kitchen sink and the window and cars going by and the possible danger of her toddler out in the front yard. And she remembered that and fear came back. Another, another patient was, uh, had this procedure performed and they, they moved their hand. And the patient said, I didn't do that. You did that. Everybody say that. I didn't do that. You did that. It points to the reality that there is no place in your, in your brain for choosing or for believing. You see, because you're made in God's image, your spirit, soul, and body. So your brain is like, anybody have a computer? You have a computer? You probably have one in your hand. It's, it's a phone. It's a computer type. Computers, it's like your brain. That has to be programmed. There's software. So it's fascinating that the, the, the ability to choose is not hard, it's not hardwired into your brain. The brain is like a computer, but you, being made in God's image, have a free will, and you can choose to obey God, or you can choose to disobey Him. Wow. 
how do we come to decisions? Some people come to decisions logically, one, two, three, that's not, I've learned to do that more. I, I didn't make decisions that way when I was younger. It's just like, feels good, let's do it. That doesn't work out so well. No, some people make decisions logically, one, two, three, four, logic, linear thinking. Other people make decisions based upon their gut feeling and their, say, which one is right? Well, neither necessarily. It's right if you make the right decision. It's right if it lines up with God's word. That's what makes it right. So God has given us the ability to, the ability of choice. You chose to get out of your bed and not go get brunch or play golf or go fishing. You chose, you chose to come to church. I commend you. Wonderful. Good choice. Some people chose not to. May it rain on them right now. Now, we all have the ability to choose. You can serve God or you cannot. The, the, the tragedy is that our poor choices or choices that are not aligned with God's will hurt God. They bring God pain. Some people think that God's will is going to be accomplished uh, no matter what. The, the, listen, God's will for your life won't be, won't be accomplished if you don't line yourself up with it. God's will for you is to bless you, for you to go to heaven, but not everybody chooses that. Your dad had to choose to repent and to ask God into his life, which he did. And we celebrate that. But he could have stayed hard, but he chose. He said, no, that was God's will. It was God's will that he repented. But, but John Duke in heaven now, your father, had to line his will up with God's will. You want God's will to be done, you have to do your part. God won't do your part. You can't do his. You have to do his will. We, we have preached a message just recently, maybe three or four weeks ago, will to do the will of God. You have to will to do the will of God. You've got to set your mind, set your heart to do God's will. It doesn't just happen. All right. Now, there's certain things that are, that are unchangeable, like he's coming back. You could backslide to hell today. He's still coming. Okay. You've got a prophetic word. I just gave you one. You've got a prophetic word. You're going to go back. It's going to be different. It was already different when you went back, right? Now it's going to be different again. You're going to, you're going to lead, lead your family. God's going to lead you, guide you, direct you. You can say, no, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that. And guess what? That prophetic word ain't going to happen, and you ain't going to get all the blame. But you're going to make the right choice. Everybody say, make the right choice. I'm going to make the right choice. Anybody else in here going to make the right choice? Come on, somebody say, make the right choice. Say it again. Make the right choice. Right. It's up to you. It really is. That's certain things are, you know, it's just in the sovereignty of God. And I think when I was a young man, I leaned more towards the free will of man, but as I've gotten older, I've found myself swept up in the river of the blessing of God. And I, I keep myself there, but he's just doing stuff. It's amazing. All right. Now the good news about that is there's no fatalism. What do you mean? Your destiny's not mapped out. It ain't just going to happen. Chris Ekstrom, I know my family knows him from high school, and uh, maybe he's online. He's given his heart to the Lord. He's, he's a born-again Catholic. Yeah, and so he, he, he loved Jesus, he, but he used to have, the, he had this saying, his Latin, amorphati, which is the love of fate. Well, that's bunk. Listen, we're not Muslims. I don't mean to, like, pick a fight, but that's what they believe. It's just fate. It's just going to happen. That's not the God of the Bible. It doesn't just happen. You have to do your part. You don't just go to heaven because Jesus died on a cross. He said, well, I believe that. Even demons believe. James says that. That, 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 that Jesus was crucified, rose again. Demons believe that, but not everybody's saved just because you believe. believe. Biblical believing is receiving and begin to live that way. Right. You know what you believe by the way that you live. Amen. And uh, the other thing is, that <laughs> I, I, I'm going to show you this video. I got a little video, and I think you'll enjoy it. You're going to flash back to 1970. It's going to be a real blessing for you. So we'll show that in just a second. Every, everybody say, 
No, don't say it. The devil made me do it. Play the video. She came in the house, she had the box, Rep saw it. Rep said, what, another dress? This is ridiculous. Three dresses in a week, another dress? And she tells him, I didn't want to buy this dress. <laughs> the devil made me buy this dress. <laughs> she said, I was going down the street, I was minding my own business, singing to myself. I said, what you said? <laughs> And the devil stopped following me, telling me how good I look. <laughs> Rev said, I'm not going for that. He said, because every time you do something wrong, you blame it on the devil. I said, you blamed it on the devil when you ran the car under the side of the church. She tells him, it was the devil. You wasn't there. How do you know? <laughs> said, he grabbed that steering wheel out of my hand. Rev said, well, why didn't you step on the brake? She tells him, because when he grabbed the steering wheel, I tried to kick him. <laughs> I can't kick him and step on the brake at the same time. Said we had a big fight. That's why I was in the back seat when y'all got the call. <laughs> Say hallelujah. You can't blame somebody else. You have to make the right choice. You have to make the right choice. And here's the thing, judgment is real. And if you take your Bibles and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we'll read the, this verse 10 here in just a moment. It's interesting that, you see, if there, wasn't, if there wasn't us standing before the judgment seat of Christ, then that would be evidence that you didn't have to choose. But by the fact that you're going to be judged, I mean, if you, if you didn't have a role in it, how could you be judged for it? How could you be judged for that which you had no role in? But you are going to be judged. I am going to be judged. As a believer, you'll stand before God to give an account. Oh, let's, should we go ahead and read it? 2 Corinthians 5, 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. All of us are going to have to give an account. And what's interesting, if you look in Scripture, for instance, in Luke chapter 19, Jesus is weeping over Jerusalem and he's saying, oh, Jerusalem, if you had only known the time of your, your, your visitation, but you did not know, and now judgment's coming. In other words, you chose wrongly. You had a choice, but you failed in your choice. A fascinating scripture also, and my brother Chris and I were, were talking about this, Luke 22. Luke 22, there is uh, Judas, and this mention of Judas alluding to the very thing I'm teaching you. Luke 22, verse 22. The Son of Man will go as been decreed. What does that mean? That God's will for Jesus will be accomplished. He's going to be crucified. He's going to be turned over. He's going to die. And he's going to be betrayed. Right? But woe to him, it says. Woe to the man that betrays him. What that's saying is that Judas even had a choice. But he chose to disobey. He chose to betray him. Wow. Judgment will come to all of us. And listen, in that day, Bubba, Jethro, brothers and sisters, brethren, sisterin, 
All excuses fall flat on that day. You stand before him, you won't be able to point to anybody and say, well, I wasn't breastfed, or they dropped me on my head, or my, my, my mother, my, you don't understand. No, not all of it falls flat because all of us have the ability to choose. You say, well, you don't know what I've been through. Well, no, you might not understand the power, the resurrection, the power of Jesus Christ to redeem, to heal, to deliver, to save, to sanctify. Come on, somebody. You don't know the power, perhaps, of God's ability to change the human heart and to change circumstances. look at this text. Joshua's giving his farewell speech, chapters 23, 24. It's very similar to that of Moses and Moses' farewell speech. Joshua 1, 8 says, keep the book of this law. It's very similar. And we didn't read all of these texts, but uh, very similar. Keep the book of this law, Joshua 1, 8, always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Um, I had somebody talk to me uh, earlier that said, you know, will you, will you pray for me uh, because I'm, I'm struggling with such and such and so and so. And I said, well, because I love you, I'm going to pray for you, but I'm going to slap you first. Now, they're not doing their job. I'm not talking about just, you know, and if you're in the service, don't be offended. Get over it. Because most people don't know about discipleship, so they just come to church and figure like if their hair stands on end and just, you know, praise the Lord and, and just go back. You want to become a spiritual champion. You want to become an athlete. Buddy, you're going to have to get in the Word. You've got to grow by the Word. You've got to memorize the Word. You've got to hide His Word in your heart. You've got to come to understand who you are in Christ. You need to learn how to pray. Oh, the, all of those things. Yes, it's actually a lot of fun. And God works in you. Come on, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, metamorpho. Be transformed, that's, that's Romans 12, by the renewing of your mind as a caterpillar becomes a butterfly through the process of Metamorphosis, that's the Greek word. Be transformed. Be changed from a dirt bag to a spirit-filled, on-fire person who's in Christ. You, you have to renew your mind. And if you don't renew your mind, then you'll be subject to, listen, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So if you think of yourself as a loser, welcome to the loser club. It's not true. God doesn't call you a loser. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you hope and a future to prosper, to help you. You've got to line your thinking up with what God's Word says. And if you don't line your thinking up with what God's Word says, you're going to go back like a dog to the vomit. And if you go back like a dog to the vomit, it's not God's fault. What do you want him to do? Die on a cross again? Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, bless God. Get your lazy carcass back in the world. Pretend I'm the evangelist if you're offended. Get back in the Word. Grow in the Word. Get full of the Spirit. Get back in prayer. Quit belly aching. God, the devil's not bigger than God. You're, come on, the, the greater one lives on the inside of you. Stop it. Take your right hand with exceeding force and hit yourself upside the head if that's what you need. So I'm offended. All right, well, you stay busted and broke all your life if you want to. But as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. It's an act of violence. You, you, you have to, you know, I mean, your flesh doesn't want to get up. Your flesh doesn't want to obey. You, your flesh, you got to deal with your fallen human nature. Your fallen human nature as you're, as you're walking along and you see, don't step on the grass. Your fallen human nature is like, just want to do it. There is sin right there with me. He will deliver, deliver me from this body of death. Thanks be to God through Christ Jesus our Lord. You need to learn to live 
Oh, my. This text is amazing. It really is. It's amazing. Because you hear Joshua in his farewell speeches telling them, choose. Choose the Lord. Choose this day who you serve. You're going to serve somebody. Who are you serving? Most people serving themselves. Let's move on before we get too convicted. He, he gives warnings. Not to intermarry with people of the land because they'll cause you to sin. He talks about worship and admonitions to obey God. But Joshua 23, verse 14, turn there with me. I love this. Now I'm about to go the way of all the earth. You know with all your heart and soul, not one of all the good promises the Lord your God has given you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Wow. The key text is Joshua 24, 15, but as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. I've decided to follow him. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided, come on, just rock back and forth, to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Come on. Before me, the world behind me. Before me, no turning. No turning back. Yeah, yes. No turning. Oh, what's the next line? And go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me. Still I will follow, though none go with me. No turning back. <laughs> oh, come on, somebody say hallelujah. All right, three things I see in this text that God is saying to us. The first thing is, make a choice to live your life in covenant with God. Make a choice to live your life in covenant with God. Covenant, it's an agreement. And really to understand it, it it's a picture of covenant in the Old Testament is that if you didn't fulfill your part of the responsibility, then you, you basically got killed. Make a covenant with God. And it's one that he really fulfills, but you've got to do your part in it. You have to receive him. That's the first thing. Make Jesus Christ your Savior. We're right on the note. Make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. You can't make yourself right, as I said in the first service and said so many times before, you can't make yourself right any more than a monkey can become a part of the human race by putting on a suit or by standing in the midst of a garage, you become an automobile. The only way that you can make yourself right is by receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's it. You must be born again. Now, if you can't remember when you were born again, you might not have been. And there's no shame in that. We can remedy that at the end of the service. 
You've got to be born again. You must be born again. Say it. I must be born again. That's why the church is here. That's why we, that's why we have a, a king's army. That they, they, they go out every, almost every day. Well, I know these guys go out every day, but we've got a ministry that meets on Tuesdays at 6 30 right here and we train people and they go out and they tell people about Jesus we've led 528 people to Christ since Father's Day outside the church I'm not talking about inside I'm talking about outside this is going to be a great a great week for that some of you need to come you've never listened if you've never won anybody to Christ and you're a Christian there's something that you really need to add to your walk and I just say it graciously that way you need Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So three things from this text. First one, make covenant with, with, your, with God. And you do that by making Jesus your Lord and Savior. Romans 10, verse 9. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be That's exactly right. The second thing I see comes from Joshua 24, verse 23. Now there's a lot of scripture here. Verse chapter 23 and 24 is a farewell speech. In chapter 23, verse, uh, pardon me, 24, verse 23, it talks about removing the idols from your life. Now, what's fascinating to me is, who is Joshua writing this to? Israel, right? So, now, you'd think that Israel is walking with God here, that they are in covenant with God, but apparently they had some idols. Because why would he say to them, remove the idols? Because they had some. He said, well, Pastor Daniel, that's the Old Testament, and I don't really have any gods on my God shelf in my, in my, church, in my house. So what's the next point? No, no, you, 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 have, you have idols. Let me, let me show you. We've done this before. It's lots of fun. Take your device, if you have it right now. Open your camera. Open your camera. Go ahead. Open it. Okay. And uh, flip it. You know how to do it. It's a selfie. Okay. Let me see. Get your selfies. You got it? You got it? Okay, we're all in a moment. Not yet. Everybody say, not yet. Oh, there's like three cameras in the church. You were just texting your friend in Arizona. Stop. You know you have one. Put the camera on. Come on, you were just doing some crossword puzzle. Quit lying. Liars go to hell. Tell me to take your phone out. All right. Put it in selfie mode. We've done this, but it's a great illustration. All right, so you're looking at yourself. How many of you looking at yourself? Okay, now here's what you're going to do. You can take a picture, but not yet. Don't do it yet. And then afterwards, post it to Facebook and tag the, tag, tag the church. Put it up in here. We'll reach more people that way. I'm going to do one with my whole family, all right? So here we go. All right, you ready? Chris, where are you at? Where are you at? Okay. Oh, you're you're going to do a selfie. You guys don't know how to do that? Okay, you ready? On the count of three, smile. Ready? One, two, three. Yeah. All right, take two or three. Make sure, okay, your eyebrows are on point and all that. Okay. Okay, so open the picture. Ready? Here's the illustration. Open it. Look at it. Ready? Set. Look at it. What's the first thing you see? What's the first thing you look at? You. You looked at yourself. You know you did. You're like, oh, that's a good picture of me. You know, you didn't look at, you didn't look at your person next to you. You look at you like. Yeah, because we all struggle with self. We all struggle. That's the biggest idol in America, self. Come on, you've got to serve Jesus. You've got to deal with your idol self. Some of you have an idol of lust. Some of you have an idol of anger. Some of, you have, some, of, some of you are addicted to things. Listen, anything that takes this place, what you think about the most is what you worship. Oh, snap. Youth are still taking selfies. Hey, <laughs> come on, wake up, step out of it. All right. 
It's selfie time's over. Okay. They're like, no, wait, let's do it again. Everybody say, remove the idols. Know the true and living God. I'm, I'm writing the notes. Know, know the true and living God and not a made-up one to suit yourself. Oh, I love this. In Exodus 32, it's, it's interesting because it ties into Romans 1. In Exodus 32, Moses is too long up the mountain, at least according to them. And he's going to come back with the Ten Commandments. And you all know that text. They come back and they made a golden calf. Right? You all know that text? So they have this, they have this blown-out festival, and it's a total idol worship. But if you look at that and examine it, you'll find that what Aaron says, Pastor Aaron says to the people, tomorrow we will have a festival unto the Lord. And in Hebrew, it's Y-H-W-H. It's the tetragrammatron. It's, there's only one way to say that actually in Hebrew. When you read it, you don't try to pronounce it. You say Adonai. And the reason it's Y-H-W-H and there's no value, they guess to say Jehovah, that the name of God is Jehovah or Yahweh. They're guessing. We don't know because it was so holy that they didn't write it down. So when you read that, you learn in Hebrew. When you, when you learn Hebrew and learn to read Hebrew, when you get to that, you say Adonai. That's how you say that. So when Aaron says tomorrow we're worshiping to the Lord, it's capital L. And the, the Greek translation would be kurios. It's, there, it can be taken for nothing else. It is the Lord God Almighty. They didn't say, oh, he didn't say, oh, tomorrow we're going to worship a golden calf. You see, what they did was they were worshiping God as they understood him. One preacher said it, so if you get offended, it's not for me. One preacher said that the, the Lord delivered them out of Egypt where they worshiped the bull, but they still had a lot of bull in them. And a golden, in fact, if you read the story, Aaron said, we put the gold in and a, and a sting popped out. It's just golden calf just popped out, just like that. You liar, you made that thing with your own tools. Now, if you go to Romans 1, I'm talking about serving and knowing the living God, not one made up to suit your own opinion. I, 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 I went to lead this guy to, I was stuttering there for a second, but I'm okay. I went to lead this guy to the Lord, I, I, I told him about Jesus and uh, as I was telling him about the Lord, you know, I said, if you die today, are you going to go to heaven? He said, am I going to go to heaven? No, I'm going to Shangri-La. Anybody know what Shangri-La is? I said, that's like in a movie. He said, yeah. I said, you're going to Shangri-La. He said, yeah, I'm going to Shangri-La. I said, well, wh how do you know that? I just know because that's what I believe. I said, so you believe it? And, and we began to get into logic. And I think he was really stoned, so we didn't go too far, but I'm not done. I'm going to go visit him again. His thoughts, as we destroyed his logic, there was no logic to that. Because really, he is his own God. That's why he created his own heaven called Shangri-La. We serve a living God who's given us the truth of his word. It's, he, he's immutable. He's unchanging. And the word of God is in Aaron. And, and God clearly expresses who he is through his word, but most people don't want to know him that way because they want a God of their own understanding. That way they can make a golden calf and worship it and say they're still going to heaven. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Come on, look at your neighbor, bump him, and say, man, that's, that must be for somebody else. Go ahead. No. <laughs> Moving on in our notes. See, what we believe as Christians 
what we believe as Christians is, is that God has revealed himself through his word, and it's unchangeable. And you can't take away from it, or God will take your name away from the book of life, and you can't add to it. He'll add the curses, says the book of Revelation. So it's clear. It's closed. It's closed revelation. The canon of scripture, it's done. So if you come up with a pair of glasses and some special things to read, I would dismiss that. That's a devil. Okay. Stop justifying your sin. We're moving right along. Deal with self. Right, justify yourself. The devil made me do it. Right. Yeah, no, he didn't. You did it. All right. Deal with self. And again, we're so enamored by that with all the selfies and so on and so forth. Major on major choices. Just applying this message to our lives. I chose to wear this shirt today, and it's linen. I was criticized by it being wrinkled. So that is an evidence of those who don't know about linen. And they wore linen in the old. In fact, we were talking about that yesterday. The priests wore linen because it, it's cool. It's a summer, it's a summer cloth. Okay, that's not a major choice. What you wore today to church is not a major choice. You know what a major choice is? Tithing would be a major choice. You know what else a major choice is? Going to church, not going to church. You know what else? Who you marry, who you don't. You know what else a major choice? Who's training and discipling your kids? That would be a major choice. Sending your kid to kids camp? I think that's a major choice. Youth camp? Making decisions and choices to move your family further along in the kingdom? Those are major choices. Who you partner with? Who you have fellowship with or don't have fellowship with? Listen, show me your friends. I'll show you your future. And if you hang out with stupid, stupid going to get up on you. And you'll, come on, bad company corrupts good company. Are the youth, are you still doing selfies back there? Are you guys okay? Bad company corrupts. That's right. So if you hang out with people that get in trouble, you're going to get in trouble. Don't make me come back there. Major on major choices, really. I don't really care about what I'm eating. I really care. I mean, I, I like all kinds of food. Anybody like food? Come on, I'm almost done. and You'll be eating some shortly. Major on major choices. Well, the result of our choices, our right choices, lead to fulfilling God's purpose and plan for our lives. So if you make the wrong choices, it doesn't mean that God's plan is going to come, come, come to pass for you if you're making wrong choices. If you don't choose to serve him, to mortify your flesh, and, and to serve him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, then what makes you think that you're actually going to have God fulfill his plan in your life? Do you think it just happens because he's just going to, like, I dream of genie, blink, and it's going to happen? He's not a cosmic bellhop, and he doesn't just wink at stuff that's wrong. If you love me, you'll obey my word. He has a prescribed way of loving him. So our choices have results, and they're even fulfilled, they're fulfilling God's plan and purpose, or they're aborting it. I don't want to abort anything that God has for me. Come on, say hallelujah, I don't either. Yeah, so you're going to have to make the right choice. Our choices affect our family. I'm so grateful for the, the spiritual heritage that I have on my father's and mother's side, but I'm so grateful for the spiritual heritage that I have in the Moroccos where, where I've been discipled. And I think about Dan and Esther Morocco generate two generations ago and how they went to India and poured it. They had church every single day. They had a 24-hour prayer meeting, you know, for seven years in the Philippines to break that church through. Some people just think that God's going to come and do it. Listen, God's going to do it, but you've got to do your part. You've got to partner with him. It's interesting to me that he co-labors with us. He doesn't just do it. And the results of you serving God will be the results of, of your, whether your family is going to serve God or not. I, I'm, I'm so grateful for my brother John. He carried a Bible like his 
big as could choke a moose. The thing was constantly underlined. I mean, we all thought you were a part of a cult. No, I'm just, I'm just saying. You know, he constantly had this permanent grin on. Hey, praise the Lord. You know, but it was real. I stayed with you in Oyster Bay. Those memories are so powerful to me. I didn't know the Lord, and I was really not in a good place. I needed a lot of healing. And he would have his cup of tea in the morning and read his Bible with his wife, and they'd pray. And I'm like, man, these guys are really into this book. And I think about how you served faithfully, and, and, and eventually, you know, you led me to Jesus. And I think about my mom. Thank God for my mother serving the Lord. You had plenty of opportunity to turn your back on him. Disappointment, rejection, hurts. I'm so thankful I wouldn't be serving God if it wasn't for my family. He said, well, my family's not anything like that. They don't know God, and they're all stuck on methamphetamines, and they're jacked. Yeah, but you're here. And that means, that means if, you, if you make the right choice, that means if you do the right thing, that the rest of your family can live on the blessings of God to a thousand generations. If you do the right thing, you'll affect your aunts, your uncles, your brothers, and your sisters. Come on, the Duke family didn't know the Lord, not like they do now. You know, but he came to Christ and got on fire, put his hand to the plow, now everybody's saved. It ain't half the story I've yet to been told. Just the beginning. Could God do that in my family? Yes. He has rope holders. He'll, save the, he'll set the solitary in family, says Proverbs. And those, those will hold on and pray. If you're, listen, I've seen this over the years. People that have come to the church and they, 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 they continue on. And they, they get through obstacles and trials and offense. If you haven't been offended here at this church, you're going to be. The word of God offends. And we're not going to offend you on purpose. But God will offend your heart, offend your mind to reveal your heart. And you just got to keep getting over it. I've seen over the years of the 20 years of pastoring, people come into the church, and if they just hold on, if they just keep keeping on, if they just keep dealing with things and doing the right thing and making the right choice, what happens is the whole family gets saved. Sometimes it takes 20 years, sometimes it takes 30 years, but every one of them, like the jailer, come on, can you imagine the jailer in the book of Acts, if he didn't serve the Lord, his whole household was saved. Your whole household, say it, my whole, my whole household will be saved. Say it, my whole household will be saved. You know why? Because as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. So your choice is going to affect your family for generations. I mean, think about these guys are wandering around in the desert for 40 years. That's their parents were stiff-necked and couldn't believe God. They saw giants and they seemed like grasshoppers, it says in the book of Numbers, I believe it's chapter 31, towards the end. And so we were grasshoppers in our own sight. So they didn't see themselves as the army of God. They saw themselves as grasshoppers and losers. And so they didn't go into the promised land. But now this is their children. And now they're in the promised land. And now they've fulfilled taking over. And every promise that God gave them has come to fruition. Amazing. And he's saying, if you want to stay in the blessing, then you've got to live in covenant with God. You've got to make right choices. And you can pick who you want to serve this day, but you better deal with your idols. If you don't, that's up to you. You want to go serve the devil, go right ahead. But as for me, as for me, my house says Joshua will serve the Lord. And the, the, the effects of their parents affected them. Choose to honor. Look at C. Choose to honor the Lord with your choices each day. They say that you make over 100 choices a day. You remember the what would Jesus do bands? We should probably bring those back, but on the flip side, put what did Jesus do? Because you could say, what would Jesus do? But if you don't know what he did, how are you going to do? Would, you understand? 
A lot of people don't know what he did. So how are you going to do, you know, it's cute. WWJD, baby. Yeah, no, you got to know what he did. He healed the sick. He sat the captives free. He was moved with compassion. He, I mean, what did Jesus do? He got crucified, and, but he rose again. All right. The difference between sin and mistakes. Um, I gave the illustration about a, a child who uh, just comes off of their sippy cup. How many of you know what a sippy cup is? All right, some people call them sucky cups. I don't know what you want to call it. One of those little things that are anti-spill devices. <laughs> I prefer sucky cup myself. It just sort of sounds cute. Uh, but this kid comes off of, you know, it gets transitioned to a regular glass, you know, or a plastic cup or whatever. And so the child, the child then goes to drink the milk and, oh, and, and spills it all over, right? Dumps it out on the floor. That's a mistake. They just had like a, you know, a, a nerve jerk, you know, no control of the glass. That's a mistake. Some of you have spilled, spilled milk in your life. It's okay. God's not mad at you. Hello? I say, God's not mad at you. However, there are also kids that do this. <laughs> milk! And it's not foolishness because you've corrected already. It's actually a rebellion that takes place. Now, God, God deals with rebellion and, 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 and mistakes differently. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. So you, you just don't do that. Don't live that way. You want the God's blessing. Don't live in rebellion of what you know you ought to do, but you don't do it. And ask God to reveal your heart. Come on, ask God to what? To reveal your heart. There are people who continue to take, make bad choices regarding money, regarding relationship, regarding uh, decisions in life. And I, I won't ask you to raise your hand, but does any of you know a man or a woman who, who went and got connected with an abuser? So, you know, the, the, the young lady that keeps hooking up with the guy who's really not nice and verbally abuses her. And it's like, just get away from the guy, right? And I've seen it. I've seen it hundreds of times. And, and so she gets free. She gets, I mean, it, it could be a guy too. I've seen both, right? So I'm not picking on women, but she gets saved. She gets, she gets on fire. And she connects with another guy who is also an abuser. And you're just thinking, my gosh, bad choice. So eventually, you know, if, if they stay in church and they get discipled, you know, sometimes the guy gets saved and it works out. But other times, you know, it's, he's like, rejects all of that and just becomes ugly and she breaks up with him. If she doesn't get discipled and get healed, usually, listen, usually it's because the primary relationships are broken. The relationships that she had, or I could say he, with his father and with his mother, those primary relationships are broken and they're playing those out. It's like Velcro. There's a fuzzy side and a hook side. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, so you get saved and, and full of the Spirit and still deal with, you still have brokenness in your, in your heart. You have unhealed places. You're going to repeat that thing over and over. It's not God's intention for you to go around the mountain and around the mountain. It's God's intention for you to get healed. And many people don't make the right choice. I mean, we just, we just had this happen in one of our churches. and Some folks made a poor choice. I found compassion after I was angry for about 30 seconds. Oh, you never got angry before. 
I found compassion in that they were so driven by a bondage that it that it's almost like they were they were pigeonholed into making the decision they had because beneath that there was a landmine of hurt and pain and rejection and they had to go for it to try to fulfill that need that ambition because they hadn't gotten it from the Lord and they hadn't played it out or had a healthy relationships to be able to talk it out come on ask God to reveal uh, Lord reveal anything in my heart that would possibly disrail me derail me my family come on ask God right now Lord anything if there's anything there show me I've got to conclude this message. Keep in mind what God has done for you and remember who you are. You don't be afraid. You're the army of the living God. God is for you, so who can be against you? He'll give you everything you need for life and godliness. He's, he's with you. If you'll walk with Him, He'll walk with you. Call on Him. And I'm so grateful for God's sovereignty, how he stepped over at times where I just did something foolish and he covered me. But you've got a purpose in your heart to live for the Lord. You've got to create relationships with people that will honor, honor and help you to do that. Take everything to the Lord in prayer and be open to God directing you by the Spirit. Come on, make the right choice. One of the main ways the Lord leads us, of course, is by His Word. But then after that, there's like gray, kind of like, I mean, if you're going to wear this shirt or that, I mean, or if you're going to do, if you're going to go this way or that way in your truck, I mean, does that, is that in the Word? The leading of the Spirit is there, so you let Him lead you. One of the main ways my wife and I lead our family and lead the church and do what we do is by peace. If I don't have peace, I am not doing it, period. And agreement. We don't do anything out of agreement. I've been sorely tested at times to want to do things out of agreement because I want it. I, I, you know, we talked about our puppy, having pupsy, puppies. We have Grace, this dog. I wanted Grace to have puppies, but mom, Pastor Karen, didn't because she would be doing all the work, which is probably true. So she wanted to get the dog fixed, but I wanted the dog to have puppies. The dog doesn't have puppies, but she's also not fixed. But as time played out, oh, you know something? This is a good illustration. As time played out, she's now too old to have puppies, so you won. <laughs> Which is my next point. Some of you don't choose the right thing. In actual fact, y'all listening here, I'll stand on a chair to make sure you're listening. You're choosing by default. So you're like, ah, oh, just, you know, and so you wait. You've actually chosen, and time goes by. So that's, right, we chose by default, and it, you won. Amen. I believe that's, I believe it's the will of the Lord. All right, I, you know, maybe I'll have puppies in heavven or something. I don't know. But you probably need to like poopies. You need to do boop, 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 boop. Come on, lift your hands to Jesus all across this place. Oh, we give you praise. I'm talking about doing things in agreement. You've got to be in agreement. You've got to let the Lord lead you. And you get that through prayer. Hallelujah. As for me and my house, 
will serve the Lord. Come on, stand up on your feet all across this place. Every head bowed, every eye closed as we close this service. If that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus. You've never given your heart to Him. You want to do it today. You want Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Or maybe you've given your heart to Him in the past, but you know you're not on fire. You know you're not living for God, so you want to recommit your life. Or thirdly, you're just not sure you're saved. If that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time, or you want to make a recommitment to Him, those online, those here. Or number three, you just want to be sure. On the count of three, slip your hand up. One, two, three. God bless you. Lift your hand high. You want to get right with God. God bless you in the back there. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Come on, pray this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. Wash me, cleanse me, and make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray you'd fill and touch and bless. Break every chain, break every bondage. Lord, I pray, Lord, for healing for those that are here that have been through things in their life and those, those wounds, those hurts are, are hindering them from perhaps making the right choice. I pray, Lord, a healing of all rejection. I pray a healing of all abandonment. I pray a healing of any kind of orphan-type spirit that would try to cling and hold on to people. That cause them to think that they're separated and apart from you, that you don't care, that you don't love them. I pray, God, that you would come upon each and every one with your power and your presence. That you would heal and break every chain. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Brokenheartedness, be healed. Past relationships, be healed. And that, Lord, we commit this day, we choose this day to serve you. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Come on, did you get something from Jesus? Say amen. <laughs> Wonderful. Don't miss tonight. You don't want to miss tonight. My brother, my brother John, Pastor John, going to be teaching and preaching to you. It's going to be great. You don't want to miss it. He's a great teacher. It's going to be awesome. Are you ready? I'm going to close the service. We'll hope to see you tonight, 6 o'clock. Wednesday night, Holy Ghost night. Bring somebody. Tuesday night, 6.30, the King's Army. Be a part of that. Let's keep winning souls. Amen. Let me bless you. Father, thank you for what you've done today. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us, Lord. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us and give us peace in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you tonight.